It's the Jill of All Trades, Michelle C, a.k.a. DJ Make a Move. She cute. Your host of Candy Kids TV, everywhere you need to be. And if you don't know by now, it's not your typical interview, y'all. Candy Kisses, blown away. Candy Kisses, TV for tomorrow today. Throw that all aka DJ Make a Move, and I am bringing you another dope talent, but before any of that, like, comment, subscribe, we are on Anchor, Spotify, anything streaming, we are on there, I see you looking what you're looking at, go ahead and just hit the subscribe button, it's free 99, all right, let's get into it, (laughs) I am bringing you one of the most talented guys that I have met thus far, Upcoming, well, not even upcoming, he is a stand-up comedian. He has been seen with the likes of Kevin Hart, Cat Williams, Bill Burr. He is also was the creator and producer of his own comedy special, Tickle Me Tuesdays, which ran for six years at the legendary Laugh House in Philly. Not only is he a comedian, he's an actor. And you've seen him on Family Time on Bounce TV. He starred in Sucker for Love, which won first place in Atlanta's Film Festival and is the current host of the Plastic Cup Boys Tour. Welcome to Candy Kids TV, Lawrence Killebrew. Damn, I've never heard that read out loud before. Pretty dope. Shit. <laughs> okay. like, no, I've never heard that like read to me. And I, I'm all right. Shit. Sometimes you got to give yourself the flowers. Yeah. I, first of all, can I cuss? Am I allowed to cuss? Absolutely. I'm the cussing queen. Get it. <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure before I start letting them fly, baby. Letting them fly. All right. So let's get into it. When did you know that comedy is what you want to do? Um, I knew it was what I wanted to do very, very early on. I didn't know. To be honest with you, I didn't know I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. I just knew I wanted to be in entertainment. Something that could be here when I'm not here anymore. You know, I, I was uh, very in, intrigued by the, you know, watching Def Jam videos and watching all these old sets. There, These are things that want to be around for way past our time. So I wanted to do something that I can create that will be here way past me. So that was the, the draw to stand-up comedy. Okay, now what was your first time on stage like? It was, uh, it wasn't nothing. It was horrible. I, I still remember it. It was okay. one of the, it was very short. Uh, I, was, okay. I went down, I, I asked someone to come see me. Uh, actually, the guy that I'm on tour with now, uh, Spank Horton from the Plastic Cowboys, I asked him to come see me at the Laugh House because I was thinking about doing stand-up. He was like, all right, man, I'm going to come check you out, uh, see, see what you got. So I went down there. I was hyped. You know, I went on stage and my exact words were, hey, how y'all feel? Mm-hmm. Oh shit! I forgot what I was going to say. All right, man. Good night. I'll talk to y'all next week. And that was you my did first. Not. That was my first time. On set. <laughs> that was my exact words that I said. I said. I mean, it was that was exact. 
what happened? And then I went off and he was like, yo, don't ever call me down here for this bullshit again. <laughs> and, and that was really it. That was my first time. From that, how did he believe in you enough to say, all right, you can go on tour with me? Uh, well, you know, over time, I'm, I'm resilient on my shit. So I wanted to do it. So over time, you know, uh, I went back. You know, I never called him again. You know what's crazy? I have never asked him to watch me on stage since that moment. I know that's right. <laughs> I have never asked him. Now, now that I'm thinking about this, I've never asked him to watch me on stage since that moment. But I was just determined. You know, I went I kept coming back. I kept coming back. Uh, I traveled. I went to other cities to perform. That's one thing that I did very early on. I didn't want to be complacent with performing in my city. So very early on, I was traveling to New York. I was traveling to Virginia, Atlanta. Like I was traveling very, very early because I knew that I wanted to be funny everywhere. I didn't want to just be funny in my hometown. So very early on, I just got out there and then he heard about me and started making noise in my city. Uh, started making noise in other people's cities. And then, you know, we was always friends. So it's okay. like, like you're not going to take nobody else if you're going to take me. Like, that's right. how I look at it. You know what I'm saying? So. Now, it's funny you say that because a lot of comedians that I've talked to, they said their first time on stage may not have been their best. But my question is always, what motivated you to get back on stage? But one thing that you said that makes sense to me, like if you want a different city, in my opinion, if you want a different city, it's not as hard as far as... Um, the nervousness was like, I don't know y'all. Ain't nobody in the crowd that I know for specifically was like, oh, I remember him from high school or whatever. So if I bomb, who fucking cares? I don't know you. Exactly. <laughs> you know that's, 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 that's one, another thing why I'm different from a lot of other people. I, I, I noticed when I first started that everybody would tell their family and friends to come. Yeah. I was the total opposite. I didn't want nobody around that I knew. Like, it was like, I didn't want, I'm more comfortable in a room full of people that I do not know than yeah. a room full of people that I actually know. So my friends, to be honest, my friends and family didn't even know I did comedy for like three years after I started. Oh, wow. Like I hid it from friends and family. I wanted to, because I wanted to get good. Okay. Like I didn't want them to see me and I was bad. Like I wanted them to see me when I was good. So I honestly hid it for about three. Well, I hid it as, I hid it as long as I could until right. I started, you know, being on posters and flyers and, you know, my name on the radio and stuff like that. But I didn't tell anybody. I didn't want them to know. That's the same thing. Now, Sugar King told me that, too. He said his first uh, time he went on stage, he didn't tell. I'm thinking, you know, he's going to invite his friends and family or whatever. He was like, nah, bro. I ain't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't want to uh, have a reason for them to clown me for the rest of my life. No. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't ask nobody. And to this day, I'm not really an invite family type person. I would okay. rather them just see it and come and show up. Because then sometimes I get that. I, I get nervous if I know it's people in the crowd that I care about. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but... No, I get you. Yeah. yeah, when it's people that I care about in the crowd, I feel a different sense of, okay, I got to do good, so I get nervous. When I know that if I just have the mindset, I don't know anybody out there, mm -hmm. I'm very, very confident, so... Absolutely. Now, how did you start your writing? Did you start with, like, lyrics or poetry, or are you just always doing, like, written-down comedy ideas or stuff that you thought was funny? Uh, I actually just started writing down stuff. I did, For the first part of my career, I didn't write anything down. It was more so I would, I would come up with an idea and then just go on stage and start talking. But I had the luxury. Most comedians don't have that luxury to have a, a place where I have that leeway to just go and try out stuff. A lot of comedians, when they go on the road and when they go out, they have to do their best shit every time. But 
I had got into a comedy club that was very um, supportive of me and wanted me to do well. So I was able to go into a club and not do well and not worry about that. I'm not going to be able to get on next week. Like they knew that, okay, Lawrence is good. He, he's somebody that we believe in. So if I bombed, you know, it wasn't like I had, because sometimes if you bomb in a club, they won't let you get back on stage the next week. Or you might have to wait three or four weeks to get back on stage. Well, the yeah. club that I was at, they, you know, they supported me. So they understood what I was doing. So I had that leeway to just go up on stage and just talk about stuff that might not have been funny at that time. But I, in the back of my mind, I knew when I come back, you know, I can go back up there. So I had, I had kind of, kind of, kind of, I was lucky in the beginning of my career. Yeah, so you basically was just improv and it was in going with the flow. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say improv. Like, if I would be home and I would think of something funny, then I would write it down and then I would go on stage and just start talking and see what worked and what didn't and stuff like that. You know what okay. I mean? So I wouldn't say improv. Like, I had the idea of what I wanted to be funny. I just needed to get on stage and just say it out loud. I'm not, I'm not good with just writing. And then just, it's not, I, I can't do that. I've started that now, but I never did in the beginning. Yeah, I've always been a writer, so I, I get what you're saying, but the, the idea starts in your head first before you write anything down. So, <laughs> Now, if you decided to write a movie today, what type of movie would it be? What character would you play? And what role would you give me? You or me? If you were to write a movie today. Uh, Love Jones. Uh, Darius Love Hall. That's the movie I want to do. I would no, write but a it's, movie. It's a, so you would write a movie like Love Jones? Exactly like Love Jones. Okay. Some type of love story where two black couples are showing black love, um, just, um, you know, uh, uh, some type of dilemma between the two of them and them ending up together. You know, that's one of my favorite movies. That type of movie is one of my favorite movies to write, to watch, because like love stories to me, I think they just, they're timeless. You know what I'm saying? I feel like those stories last longer because everybody can relate to love. Everybody can relate to breakup. Everybody can relate to uh, falling in love with somebody that might not love you at that moment. Those things I feel are timeless to me. So if I ever had an opportunity to write a movie or be in one, it would definitely be a love story similar to something of Love Jones. Okay, and now what role would you give me? You. Mm -hmm. uh, you would be the sassy girlfriend of the person I'm in love with who's telling <laughs> Who's telling her he I ain't shit? That's who you would be. That sounds like me, but <laughs> <laughs> that's who you would be. Now, how have you stayed motivated in the entertainment business, um, especially during the quarantine time? Bills. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> bills. It's, it's very simple. It's bills. At this point in my career, is it is a career. It is a job. So you know, I don't do anything else. I've had ventured into other entities since the pandemic and prior to the pandemic. But at the end of the day, the breadwinner is, is comedy. So uh, that's all the motivation I need to keep these lights on, to make sure I'm warm at night, to have some food in my refrigerator, uh, to be able to support my friends and family when they need help. You know, I have became someone that a lot of my friends and family do depend on, you know, because uh, I have been the breadwinner for, for, you know, for a minute now. So those are my motivations, you know, to keep me from being broke, honest. That's the honest truth. Well, now it's funny that you speak of taking care of people because I did know that you have your um, nonprofit. So what sparked that? 
Oh, that's that had to be honest. That had nothing to do with comedy. Yes, I have a nonprofit organization called Killer Brew Kicks. Uh, where that came about was I'm a, I'm a big sneakerhead. You know, I, I've been collecting sneakers since I was probably like 14 years old. So I've always had a bunch of sneakers. I've always kept fresh sneakers on my feet. And when I had moved to Atlanta, I had too many. Mm. Like I had way too many sneakers. And I was like, hey man, I'm gonna just give them away. So I went on Facebook and I said, hey, um, I'm doing a, a sneaker giveaway for anybody that might need some sneakers or any family that's in need. If you wear a size nine to a 10, hit me up and I'll just ship them out to you. So that, you know, that had got a big response. A lot of people hit me up, but this is where it came into a nonprofit. It made me decide what I wanted to do. A lot of people got over on, you know, like people would hit me up saying, hey, we need sneakers. And then, excuse me, I would go to their page after I sent the sneakers and they like balling out of control. Like they don't look poor. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm not to say that, you know, I didn't know if it was true or not, but they just didn't look like they were in need of sneakers so i felt some type of way about that so i had talked to a few people about how i can go about because i had way more sneakers to give away because i buy sneakers then that i have more you know like i just keep buying them so i always want to have ones to give away yeah so um i talked to a few people and they was like you should give them away to schools like kids that are in school and i was like well what would be the criteria and then i like my criteria would be kids that are you know doing well in school or good behavior you know, good, good grades, but at home, the circumstances aren't perfect. So okay. I wanted to reward kids who might not be doing the best at home financially, but they don't let that stop them from being, you know, good students and being good behavior. So that's how that came about. And then I just branded it and uh, got, you know, made it legit. So now from, I think I've, I've been doing it about four years and I think I've donated over, I can tell you the exact number right now. Uh, 453 pairs of sneakers over four wow. years. Awesome. Well, the one thing you didn't do, you didn't give a stipulation. So yeah, it's good that you finally <laughs> formulated to a, a nonprofit. It's like, if you post or now on Facebook now, I'm like, I got free kids who want them. I'm be like, let me get the size eight and uh, you <laughs> stipulation. So you come on now. Everybody wants yeah. them free. <laughs> I thought I did. I, I kind of thought that people would be honest about it, but you know, I and to be honest with you, I wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking about it that way when I was doing it. Like I was just looking at it like I'm giving away some sneakers that people, because I, because to be honest with you, I didn't think that people who really didn't need it would hit me up. Like I thought that they would be too embarrassed. But let me ask you something. If somebody says, "Hey," I got a hundred dollars. I'm giving to the first ten people. You gonna be like, I ain't, I don't, I don't need it, but nigga, give me the hundred. Like, come on. <laughs> you Why right? Not? You said you gonna give it to me. You <laughs> right. You <laughs> right. So, okay. Well, let me ask you something. What is your ultimate goal you want to achieve in this industry? Uh, I did it. I, I, I accomplished my goal. My goal was to. My goal was to be able to support myself full time telling jokes. That was the only, when I first start, when I, excuse me, when I first started doing comedy, I was in awe by going to the club and seeing comedians hang out, uh, talk, you know, just converse with each other. I just wanted to be one of those guys. So that was my goal. I, I asked everybody, I was like, yeah, we're comedians, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's all you do? 
I said, yeah, that's it. We just tell jokes and make people laugh and get paid for it. So at that moment, I made a decision to say, okay, I want this as a career. And that was my goal. I've been doing that. So anything extra to me is, um, is extra. You know, I do definitely do want to produce my own special. You know, I don't want to go through anybody. I want to do it on my own terms. So that could be my next goal. Um, and just have that special tell a story of everything that I went through, not just the comedy part, just everything that I went through and put that out as something that I can have as like a timepiece, something that if I'm not here anymore, somebody can watch that and be like, okay, I know who Lawrence Killebrew is. So that would be any other goal. But anything other than that is just extra to me at this point. Now, what is the one entrepreneur that you admire? Um, it's a lot, man. I admire a lot of people. Kevin Hart. Um, I mean, on a lower level, it's a guy named Talent that I admire. His, oh, yeah. I admire his entrepreneurship, you know, just to be able to brand what he has done for so long. Uh, any other entrepreneurs that I know? Uh, shit. I mean, it's entities like Comedy Hype. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen them grow from, you know, from one position to where they are now. I might not agree with everything that they do. Do you know who Comedy Hype is? Absolutely. I was actually on their site last night. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I might not agree with everything that they do, but I do admire their growth. Of, from Because I remember when they weren't nothing, you know, and to where they're at now, to being such a multi-media outlet for comedy. Uh, I admire that because I've seen that. Like, I like to see growth and see right. things from one position to the next. And I've actually witnessed them go from being just a small network to what they are now. And I can imagine it's only getting bigger. Um, but yeah, Kev, his entrepreneurship is dope. The way he being branded and other, like, he's selling toothbrushes and he got a deal with Chase. I thought that was dope as a- Toothbrushes, why? I knew that. Yeah, toothbrushes, athletic wear. Like, he had his own Nike shoe. I thought that was amazing. That, yeah, that was super dope. That was dope. So, um, I mean, he on a higher level, he is. But then on a the lower level, there's so many comedians that, you know, do their thing with merchandise and things of that nature that we have to admire, too. So, But on a higher level, we'll probably care in his entrepreneurship. Okay. Now, you know one thing that I just, just came to me, but because you have your nonprofit... And when you said the shoe or whatever, have you ever thought about like just creating your own shoe and call it the Killer Brew, um, Killer Brew Kick and then selling that? I thought about it, but I don't, I, I want, I would love to do that, but I would, to be honest with you, I don't know. Like, I don't want it, to, I want it to be through Nike though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I would, I've never really thought about it, to be honest with you. I would love to do it. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how. If I find information, research. Get a, look. Talk to KL. Be like, hey, since you already got to connect to him, hey, this is what I want to do. How can we line this up? You got to connect. Use them. Thanks. I've never. I've never done that. I've never reached out and asked about that. But that is a good. You know what? This might. You might have just sparked the idea for me. Great. And I want ten percent. You ain't that Hollywood for you. <laughs> I might just start working I on just, that. I only want ten percent. If you decide to do that, all I want is a free pair of sign. That's all I want. I might. You know what? Now that you said it, I'm really about to look into it. Because I actually have. A, I, and it's crazy because I'm an ambassador with Nike myself through my Killer Brew Kickstarter. Uh, I reached out to them. And, I 
I mean, what they do, how it works is when you're an ambassador for Nike, they want, they want people that are doing things outside of Nike on their own. So when someone introduced me to, to that, her name is Amber Bershear, matter of fact, she was a comedian. She introduced me to that idea and I reached out to them and just showed them documentation of what I've been doing. And once that, they asked me if I wanted to be an ambassador. So what they do is they'll donate sneaks themselves to my nonprofit and they'll donate sneaks to me sometimes. And I get discounts on certain things, but I just never really looked at it as to create my own sneaker, so. But well, what gave me the idea, I have a good friend of mine, he is um, a shoe designer and he actually just won a competition for the, um, what shoe was it? Um, Kobe shoe. So they designed uh -huh. the Kobe shoe and he actually won. And I'm like, you know what? I, Cause you can design, that's what made me think about it. I'm just like, so yeah, you can go ahead and be the next one, design a shoe and get them out there. Say no more. I'm about to look into it, honestly. Let's get it. <laughs> now, I know you act, too. So what do you prefer? Well, what is the difference with the acting um, on TV and movies versus stand-up? Like, I know you love stand-up, but if you had to just, I guess, choose one or the other, what is going to be your go-to? Well, I would definitely choose comedy uh, all day. I would never not, I would never be that guy who's in comedy then gets into movies and then just leaves comedy alone the reason i love comedy so much is because it's it's my thoughts it's my ideas it's my original personality you know when you're doing a movie you're doing tv those are other people's thoughts those are other people's ideas and you're just adding your personality to it so for me i mean i love it and it pays way better <laughs> than comedy <laughs> does sometimes it may be less work but i just feel the 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 um the rush of being on stage and something that you thought about saying it to a group of people and they react is a better feeling than someone feeding me lines to say and then i get a reaction you know yeah because with comedy you get that instant gratification yeah and then sometimes with tv you know like it's not the, the crowd's not there sometimes and you know, then you got to watch it on TV and it's, it's, it's just a little different, but I will always choose comedy over there. I don't mind acting. I don't mind doing it. I would love to do more of it, but just to me, comedy, I like, I'm a true stand-up comedian. Like I, I, I didn't get into comedy to be famous. I didn't get into comedy to uh, be in movies and TV shows. I got into comedy to be a comedian, period. Okay. Well, I know I'm doing my little acting classes and stuff, but what is the, um, I guess, what would be the hardest audition you've ever had? I mean, it's going to sound cocky. I haven't had to audition. Oh, God, you know the Eddie Murphy? <laughs> I mean, I, it's not, I mean, I haven't been in much, but like okay. the first movie I did, um, the first movie I did was called Sucker for Love. And I did that movie because my man Spank was in the movie. And the guy said, we need another character to play this role. And he was like, my boy, he's funny. Boom, I got in that movie like that. Uh, the second movie I did uh, was kind of, I had was on stage and the guy that was shooting the movie, he uh, came to the show and he's like, yo, I think I got a part that'll fit for you. And I did that. And then when I got on the TV show, I got on the TV show because I was in LA and my friend was on the TV show and he asked me to come hang out with him at the set. And I was just in the set. They had like a green, well, not a green room, but they had like a, a break room where everybody would come and eat food and shit like that. And I was just in there talking shit about the food, like all this shit free. Like I just, I just couldn't believe that all this food was free. And I was like, man, I'm trying to take some of this shit home. And just so happens, 
Steve, just keep calling. And it just so happens that um, the director was in the green room. Okay. And he's like, hey, man, you, you think you want to get on and try some work on, on camera? I was like, shit, hell yeah. Right. And then I just got on the camera and got on, and what I was saying worked. And he was like, let's try you in another scene. Let's try you in another scene. And then that's how I went. So I've, I've never had to audition. I've auditioned for comedy, for, for comedy clubs. Okay. Those have been hard. Like I auditioned for stand up was last comic standing. That was probably the hardest one because you had to be okay. funny in one minute. And that was very difficult. So yeah. like, and it's like, you. <laughs> yeah. So last comic standing was probably stand up wise was probably the hardest audition I had. Hmm. All right. Well, what are some words of wisdom you would give any upcoming entrepreneur or entertainer that's trying to be in the business? Is trying to get into the business now. Mm -hmm. Don't quit. Don't get in the business. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need no more comedians. I don't want. I don't want no more right. competition. I'm tired of this competition. I don't want no more competition. If you're thinking about being a comedian, don't, don't. <laughs> Sorry, let me stop. No, for real, honestly, um, the best advice I can give anybody is thinking about getting into any any entity. It's business. If it's uh, if it's uh, stand up comedy acting, is just to make sure, make the decision that that's what you want to do. So many people get into this, get into something, and then six months later they're not doing it no more. Mm -hmm. Make sure whatever it is that you want to do, that that's what you want to do, and then make the commitment that no matter what happens in life, you will never stop doing that, and you'll be fine. That's all you got to do. Whatever it is, I don't care if it's a book you want to write. I don't care if you want to own a store, a barbershop, if you want to. Whatever it is you want to do, make the decision to do that. And then make the next, the next decision to never stop doing it no matter what. That's the one thing I can say about my career. The day that I decided to say I'm going to be a stand-up comedian, I have yet to stop doing that. No matter if I was broke. No matter if I had money, no matter if I was in a relationship, no matter if um, uh, life had hit hard, whatever it was, at the end of the day, I was still doing comedy. I've never stopped. I've never took a break. I heard people say, yeah, I'm just taking a break for a couple months and I'm getting my money right. I had been dead ass broke and I was still going to the comedy club and tell jokes. Hmm. So that's how I believe, man. I just believe you stick with it. At some point, something's going to happen. You know, Denzel told me, well, not told me, but he got this quote to say, you keep coming around the barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. There you go. If you stick at this shit long enough, at some point, something's going to happen for you. Absolutely. Well, before we head out, you know, we got a couple of segments. We try to keep it fun on Kiss, uh, Candid Kisses TV. So I have a segment called Kiss or Diss, which is celebrity crushes. So I'm going to throw out some celebrity names, and you're going to decide whether you're kissing them or you can diss you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Trina or Meg Thee Stallion? Who you kissing? Who you dissing? I'm dissing Trina. I'm kissing the hell out of Meg. Okay. Jasmine Sullivan or Jill Scott? Who you kissing? Who you dissing? Jill Scott. Kiss, oh. kiss, kiss. Y'all boy, y'all y'all in love with Jill. What she do to y'all? She can put that food on y'all. Slime <laughs> her the hell down. All right, last one. Barbara Walters or Grace Jones? Who you kissing or who you dissing? Shit. <laughs> That's... Barbara Walters. Uh... You know what? I'm going to kiss Grace Jones. She seemed like a freak. 
She seemed like she would do some wild shit to me in the bedroom. I'm, I'm going to take her. All right. Now, our next segment is our DAQs. These are dumbass questions I just want answers to. Gotcha. What's something you really resent paying for? Batteries. Okay. What batteries? Because you can steal them. They small. And <laughs> <laughs> batteries. Well, I'm, well, it's too, too, you can put those in your pocket. I hate that I'm paying for batteries and shit. <laughs> All right. What do you feel like the world would be like if it was only filled with male and female copies of you? A better place. I'm the shit. What are you talking oh, about? I'm, I'm the shit. <laughs> Way better place. <laughs> All right. For $2 million, would you legally change your name to Butt Crunch McGee for three years? Yep. yep. <laughs> no hesitation? You ain't even got, I don't even know what the name would be. If it's $2 million, I'm changing it. I don't give a fuck what you want to call me. You can call me anything you want to call me for $2 million. I don't give a shit. I it's legally change it. In every country, I legally change my goddamn name for $2 million. Nigga, I you can change my name to name. Like, that's, my name is name for $2 million. Oh, God. Okay. What set of items could you buy that will make a cashier feel the most uncomfortable? Oh, uh, <laughs> oh shit! Um, batteries, Vaseline, condoms, and crab meat. Not the fuck the crab meat for? Just you gotta make that's gotta, gotta be like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What are some red flags to look out for in daily life? Um, indecisiveness. I hate people that don't never. I, I hate people that don't never know shit. Yes, like, that's a very. It's a. It's a big turn off to me when you ask somebody something and they constantly say they don't know. You know, like know what you want. That shit to me is like is going to be a problem with this person later on in life. So. Indecisiveness is definitely a big red flag to me. Um, and someone who always talks about their past. Like, I used to be this, or I used to do that. To me, that's just that you still stuck on who you used to be or who you, who you were, and you're not ready to accept who you are now. So those are definitely two red flags that I hate that I see in people. Now, what is the worst business name you could give a fast food restaurant? Uh, well, I hate this name, Piggly Wiggly. I hate that name. That's a uh, restaurant. That's, that's not a restaurant. That's a grocery store, ain't it? It is? I thought it was a restaurant. Piggly uh -huh. Wiggly. I hate that name. I think it just sounds perverted. Piggly Wiggly. I cannot. I think I'll name it. Who would I name it? Yeah, that's fat. That's yeah. <laughs> is this, is this, it sounds, it just sounds, it's just, it's just, I don't like saying it out loud. Like, hey, let's go to Piggy Wiggy. No, that just doesn't sound right. All right. Now, we are on our newest segment, GMG. And that stands for What Grinds My Gloss. But when I have a male on here, it's What Grinds Your Gangster. So, I'm going to ask you, what grinds your gangster? What, um, dudes taking too many selfies on social media. That shit is... is, is like why? Why do you have ten pictures of your face on your Instagram? I know it's your face, but nigga, stop. 
I hate that. I hate seeing, I hate, you know what else I hate? I hate seeing people take pictures of themselves in public. It's like the most irritating shit ever. Like, move. Why the fuck are you in the way standing there holding the camera in the, it, like, move, nigga, move. So that, that really grinds my shits. And dudes who take videos of them doing hookah, that is the weirdest <laughs> shit in the world. Stop that shit, man. Why are you blowing smoke into a camera? Why? Absolutely. I hate that shit. I hate that. I hate dudes who tie their Tims to the top. Stop tying your boots to the top. That shit grinds my fucking gears. Stop tying. Boots are not supposed to be tied up to the top, nigga. Stop. No, you know what? You know what drives my gloss is the, the niggas that they button it all the way up, they, they shirt all the way to the top like the Mexicans. Yes. What, nigga, your neck is dying. <laughs> Can you breathe? Nigga, stop it. And See, those are a couple. It's some shit for women, too. I got some shit. Uh, I, don't, I don't like when women don't close the shower curtain when they get out the bathtub. I don't like that. that that's, I don't know. Because my girl used to hate the fact that I did it. So now I'm like so used to doing it that when I go into a bathroom, I see a shower curtain, it, it irks my soul. You know what? What grinds my uh, gloss is people that close locked doors that you ain't telling them to close. Like, prime example, I got a, a door in my house that I do not have a key to. And I have a friend of mine, he's been, his house been broken into a couple of times. So he just, in his nature, locked all the doors. And I remember one day he came over, he's like, I'm gonna holler at you. So then I'm, you know, running my errands for the day. I come back home and I was like, why the fuck I can't get in my house? Because I don't go through my front door, I go through my garage. And in that, you know, room, that's the door I never locked. I'm like, what the fuck locked my door? And I'm pissed because I live by myself. And I hit him up, I was like, hey, nigga, you locked my garage door. He's like, no, I'm like, yes, the fuck you did. I'm the only nigga that's been here. He was like, I didn't lock your door. I swear to God, I'm like, nigga. Don't lock doors, grinds my gloss. I don't lock shit in my house. If it ain't yours, don't touch it. <laughs> are you are you tripping? You tripping? Cause I'm like, cause I'm like that too. But see, everything that I do or that I do as a habit now comes from the aggravation of a female in my life. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like my 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 grandma was very stickler about locking doors. She was okay. very so. You know now I'm like I'm locking doors. Like right. shower curtains. My lady used to get on my nerves because I never closed it. So now I'm doing that. So like all my habits came from the aggravation of someone else. So, I mean, I get it, you know, now it's like, it's embedded in my mind when I leave a house, lock the door. You no, know? and that makes sense. Lock the front door, lock the back door. This is the door that's like, you know, you have a garage, the garage locks itself. So this little door right here don't have to be locked. If you want to lock it, so be it. But I don't have the key to that one, so I don't lock it. <laughs> I get it. This your fucking door, shit. I'm saying, I'm like, didn't I tell you to touch that shit? But anyway, <laughs> facts. Well, we are moving. Oh, and my last brand, my gloss. I can't forget this. Parking downtown Atlanta. Oh my <laughs> goddamn god! Shit! Why the fuck would you open anything down here and expect to have a success? And can't nobody park to patronize the goddamn business? Where the fuck True. is our parking? We want to get the rest. Like I went. I'm not even gonna shout out. They. I went to a restaurant yesterday, and I was hyped about it because they're like, oh, it's so great. Where oh, cool. I put in the GPS. I'm pulling. I'm like, where am I supposed to park? Oh, I got to pay for parking and then pay you? Oh, no, I'm good. I'm going to Popeye's. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm not doing it. <laughs> so, but anyway, on to the next thing. Before we get out of here, I want to introduce you to a game that me and my homie uh, created. It's called Singadoo. 
created okay. over the uh, quarantine. So what it is, it's a musical game, and you have to sing the melody on the card, but you can only use the word do. Okay. Uh, all right. so I'm going to give you some examples, and then I'll let you do some, and I'm going to do a couple. So we got like R&B hits, hip-hop, greatest hits. So all these different categories, and then I'm just going to do the song, and you have to guess what I'm doing. I got to guess the song that you're singing? Uh-huh. Okay, but I I'm only you. using the word do, so it's not like I'm singing. I'm singing the melody in do. Okay. All right, let's get it. Um. I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't know. You don't know Whitney Houston? Whatever you are for me, I'm giving you oh, that. Oh, hell no. I didn't know that was that. <laughs> the fuck? Nigga, how the hell? Oh, man, whatever. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's see. I'm going to try to get you one. Talk about, I, you wouldn't know that shit either if I did it to you. Yes, I was. It's my game, so of course I would know it. <laughs> oh, all right. All right, I got one. I'm trying to find something that you would. What's your, you like hip hop or like what's your thing? Hip hop is cool. Hip hop is cool. All right, let me see if I can find a hip, hip hop that you would know. Uh, you ain't gonna, wait a minute. You might know it because I'm looking at it. If you got Nintendo, you might know this one. Hopefully. What, where are you from? Philly. I don't know if you're gonna know. I'm gonna try it. You might know it. All right. Um, the ghetto jam is about to slam. You know Domino? Hell no. Who the fuck is that? Okay, see, you just don't know. Okay, it's a. Actually, he was the original Nate Dog. He was the first nigga that was singing. Oh, that's before my time. That's before my time. I don't know that. You know what you talking about? What'd you say? He came out in the 90s. I, I don't know. Okay. Hopefully you'll know this one. Uh, shit, I don't know if I could do that. All right, so I'll do R&B. Hopefully you'll know R&B. Let's go. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Oh, my life. Thank you. Finally, Jesus. I already know the name of this. What's the song? All My Life. That's the name of it. All My Life? Yeah, KC and Dojo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that. All right, so I'm going to let you do a couple, and then we're going to get out of here. All right, you ready? Okay. All right. I got to do one on. Um, yeah, just pick a song, and then I'll, I'll get it. All right. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Oh, uh, tell me what you want. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. you got it. You got it. Right. You got it. Next one. This is fun. Um, I don't know none of them songs. No. no, no. We can uh, do another part of you know it. Huh? If we can do another part of you know it. Oh, yeah, I don't know that song. All right. I don't know none of them songs either. Oh, <laughs> you are horrible. <laughs> Uh, I don't know none of those songs either. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna flip it on the other side. Maybe you'll know some on the other side. I don't know none of those songs either. One more, one more. <laughs> I don't know that. Okay. Oh, oh, shit. All right, um, I got it. Um, 
I was like five. Another one. I, I, I was. I was. I was I don't know. No, I can't. I, I don't know. No, no. I'm, I'm fucking up. It's not going to be on my team when we play that. <laughs> <laughs> you got it? All right. Uh, okay, I got it. Okay. You got to do it. I don't know. You got to. Oh, gotta, shit. Just... My bad. Do. Do. I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. It was the best thing I ever had by Drake. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Yes, you can do 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 do. I'm horrible at this game. Don't have me on your team because I. Ain't okay, shit. I'm gonna give you one last try. Hopefully, you can one last try. Time. Let's do it. One yeah. last try. One last try. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Do shit. Do 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 shit. Do shit. Uh uh. Do shit. <laughs> and salt and pepper. Push it. I'm like, it can't be push it because that's too obvious. But what? You don't know. Do, 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 do. You could have did that? Uh uh. I don't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that is how you play Singadoo. It is the perfect family friendly game. If you're interested, yeah. you order at singadoo.com and please let them know where they can find you and any of the merchandise that you have for sale and everything that you have going on um you can hit me up at lawrencecrillable.com i do have uh, a comedy hustle merchandise that is my brand comedy hustle uh you can go to my website also or you go to my instagram and follow me on lawrence c3h you can see all i have sweatshirts t-shirts um hats uh, phone cases mugs backpacks any and everything that you can think about is branded by the Comedy Hustle. Just go to my Instagram page at LawrenceC3H. Click the link in the bio. You will see everything that I have for sale. I have a comedy album for sale. Actually, I have two. Comedy Hustle Live, Comedy Hustle Live Part 2. Um, and that's pretty much it. Candy Kiss TV brought to you by like, comment, share, and subscribe, and make sure you tune in every Sunday, Monday, and Thursday.